swords with handle art to spar trolls and charge tolls to cross roads where bandits are. Catacombs and giant doors protect the chests and stores and legendary items with the dragon bones and iron It's ore. a grand theft of Elder Scrolls, Simon's quest with Toe and Earl, rocket shoes to every crew, Easter eggs and gaming news. The POTUS need some bad dudes to crash a crew like Bandicoot. All shit and gaming and glitch control issues. Shit, the game in English, control issues. Yeah. Well, this is control issues. I am the AMC. And this is a dub. You can find us at control issues.com. <laughs> you can also go to your podcast provider, whoever that may be. Uh, what else can you do? Oh, yeah, you can look for control issues, download it, subscribe to it, rate it, review it, give it five stars. Head on over to Twitter. My control issues is to handle and going over to twitch.tv slash control issues pod if you want to see some of our gameplay exploits because we put them there. AMC, how you living? Also, just in case y'all forgot, yes, yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, y'all. Yes, yes, y'all. That's right. That's why I was caught a little longer. That is right. Oh, man. Damn, we just raw darted this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's get right into it. Yeah. Um, my week is Let's get to our next topic. This is Control Issues. Thanks for playing. Bitches. Yeah, my week has been good. Pretty much been taking it easy. Work has been crazy. Finally got to watching Black Widow. What did you think? I enjoyed it. It was, you know, I think people have pretty much had set it up to be a horrible movie. <laughs> so yeah. I went in with the idea that it was going to be a horrible movie. And when it wasn't, I was like, okay, so this movie wasn't bad. It just wasn't great is how I took it. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, I like the, uh, the, the new black widow, <laughs> I guess. Yeah. She <laughs> is so dope. I love yeah. her. <laughs> uh, I like your boy from stranger things. He was yep. awesome in it. My man, Dave Harbour. Yeah. My man, hot. <laughs> yeah, my yeah. man Red Guardy. Red Guard, not Red Guard. Um, uh, I fought Captain America. Yeah, nineteen eighty. He's like he just got unfrozen. <laughs> you questioning my story? Arm wrestling everybody. <laughs> That's what he does all day. Is just arm wrestles people while holding court. Um, yeah, I enjoyed the movie. I, um, as I said, it was set up to be a bad movie. It wasn't a bad movie. And so I enjoyed it that much more. Um, and yeah, uh, it was a good send off. I felt like for, uh, let's say Scarlet Witch for Scarlett Johansson. Scarlet Witch Hansen. Yeah. And Scarlet, then, Scarlet Witch Hazel. Yeah. And I'm, I'm just so curious. A spoiler alert. Kind of not really, but spoiler alert. I'm just so curious to see what's going on with, uh, what's her name from, um, the one that, uh, you know, Seinfeld, something Dreyfus. Uh, oh, Julia Lewis Dreyfus. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm really curious to see what's going on with her character. Do you have? Yeah, because they've been they've been <laughs> sprinkling. They sprinkled her in in the television series, yeah. and now they're sprinkling the her movie. in with the movie. <laughs> yeah. So she's so she's, she's getting bigger. <laughs> yeah. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with that character. Um, 
and like what they're building up to as far as like her and this this team of misfits that she's putting together exactly uh, <laughs> it seems that whenever whenever a hero goes down she steps in to to fill that void but under her control yeah yeah exactly so it's just a question of who is she working for is what's uh my curiosity uh you so you saw you think it's that second coming of hydra i i want yeah it could be i mean I like she she has that purple streak in her hair so i feel like that that's something <laughs> mm. um what, do you, what did you think of the movie I enjoyed it as as an origin story. I thought it was awesome, refreshing, and funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the action was good. I like what they did with the Taskmaster. It nice. was a, it was a fun time. I was fully expecting it to be oh, it's just another superhero movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what that, that's what everybody who hasn't watched it has to say about it. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but went in and it was good. Very fitting to Black Widow. Fleshed out her whole backstory the whole the whole situation with the red room i'm like the new black widow she's oh my god she's so awesome that that voice and that attitude that accent oh man she's great so yeah yeah she's looking forward to see her she's so badass (laughs) and like she she definitely has a little more uh i I would say charisma as far as like she's uh the jokes i like the um the, the ongoing thread with the uh the posing yeah it's such a pose <laughs> it's like so how come when you land do you throw one arm back <laughs> why do you why do you whip your hair back like yeah <laughs> and then she did it <laughs> she's like, Ugh. I, I would i would watch anything just to see just to see her hold court in every yeah. scene that she's in she's the shit yeah like I love, a, a movie few man yeah, it's like a movie with her and Thor and like Peter Quill, <laughs> just the three of them, <laughs> just <laughs> going back and forth would be awesome. Throw some Valkyrie in there. Yeah, can't go without your Tessa Thompson. Yeah, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, really, I, I enjoyed it. So looking forward to eventually watching uh, what Shang Chi. Yeah, I, I heard that movie supposed to be great. So uh, yes. yeah, really looking forward to that whenever that makes its way over to Disney Plus. Uh, other than that, also watch the uh, season finale of Invincible. As I said, if you haven't started watching it, please start watching it. The show is amazing all the way to the end. And I cannot wait for what they have come in in the next season. Season uh, two approved for 20 episodes. Oh, yes. Oh, no. Um, oh, that's great. Because I think this season only had around like eight or 10. So uh-huh. it'll, be, it'll be good to have that uh, stretched out a little bit more. Because there's so much content that they could get into. Um, other than that, A-Dub, how about yourself? How's your week been? Oh, man, just working working out you know getting it together getting back on my cardio game got these shirts fitting right looking good got the hair tight just you know getting my grown man on uh yeah other than that studying getting a little game time in you know trying to get my studying back on top feeling a little fomo because it has been inktober slash draloween and this is the first year i have not participated granted it's not as if i ever completed any of these drawing months where I got 31 drawings out for the month since I started doing it, but I would still participate and get a fair amount of drawings out. However, this year um, I'm sitting on the bench. I feel bad about it, but next year I intend to be back with full force. And that's about it. 
All right, but you said you've been gaming, so what you been playing? Well, this month, October, you know, people traditionally try to play something spooky and horrifying. And my intent was to start up and play until dawn. I was trying to do that, <laughs> that since, since October 1st. I put the disc into my system. I, I downloaded the game. I moved it over to my console storage. I updated it. It's ready to go. It is now October 24th, and I have still yet to formally boot up the game for the first time. <laughs> no, instead, uh, I, I got into a little back and forth with somebody on the internet about uh, being a fan of From, FromSoft games, to which their stance was that since I haven't completed uh, Dark Souls or Demon Souls or Bloodborne, I'm not a fan of FromSoft since I'm getting Horizon instead of Elden Ring. I'm not a fan. I'm like, motherfucker, I put hundreds of hours into FromSoft games. I've been a FromSoftware super fan since the original PlayStation when their biggest franchise was Armored Core and nobody even knew who they were or cared. So get the fuck out of here with all that. However, that gave me the inkling to get back into Bloodborne just to see if I could finally beat this, this triple boss threat that I was faced with. And surprisingly, I got in and... Where at first, that triple boss threat, three watchers in a very tight room with, with columns. So, you know, not a lot of space to maneuver from what I remember. However, getting back into it after playing dozens of hours of Hades and Returnal, it, Bloodborne felt like a completely different game. Just moving around, looking at enemies' attack patterns, looking at the way that they're moving about the... The battlefield is just like everything is so slow. I can see their attacks. I can I can see like the individual frames almost. When you're playing roguelikes as a career, you know, just fast pace. Threats can come from anywhere. Enemies are always moving and shooting. The returnal with the bullet hell. Hades with the tight confined spaces, the the need to to dash and move and attacks coming from all directions, it incredibly heightens your senses to the degree that something like a Souls game, even Bloodborne, which is the more fast paced of the Soulsborne offerings, it just it seems like stop motion. And I was just looking like, oh shit, you know what? If I pull this trigger right now, boom, parry, hit him. Oh, almost dead. Do it again, gone. Do it again, gone. And yeah, I just I steamrolled that that triple boss fight like it wasn't even there. So kept pushing, kept moving further through the challenge dungeon, beat the beat the boss of the third level, found out there's a fourth level, got kind of, you know, crestfallen, like, God damn it, I gotta play more of this shit. But pushed through it, you know died a few times here and there. It's not like I was invincible or perfect. However, at the same time, it it didn't feel like anything was overly difficult or cheap or just working against my favor. It was just like, ah, I got careless. Oh, I started rushing. Oh, I didn't respect the enemy. And as soon as I got in there, like, okay, let me play this like I normally would and just move around, stay out of their attack range, dodge behind them, sneak these attacks, and it was just like, took them down. Most of my deaths come from me trying to parry 
against enemies that have really big attacks. And as soon as I stop doing that, respect their space, respect their power, they end up falling like a set of dominoes after a single nudge. So yeah, finished the Chalice Dungeon that gave me so many issues. And now I'm back into the game proper. From what I remember, I defeated Rom the Vacuous Spider, which people characterize as the halfway point of the game. And I'm supposed to move on to either the Unseen Village, where I have to take on the One Reborn, or I have to, and or I have to go to, what is that? The Nightmare Frontier, where I have to take on Amygdala. So yeah, some, some good things going on. I gained some additional levels. I got some new gems. I increased the power of my weapons. I'm fully acclimated to the controls again. It, it feels like home. So I'm very much looking forward to pushing Bloodborne even closer to the conclusion. However, I do need to buckle down and fire up until dawn and finish that. Like I said, I would. I got about a week to do it. So I intend to do that. Hopefully the next time we talk about what I've been playing, I'll tell you that I have been finishing until dawn however a m c what have you been playing oh uh, just one game this week no uh bowser's fury because it was strictly a metroid dread weekend it was absolutely amazing where we left off last week uh let's see yeah that's right so i played i told you i got a little tipsy while i was playing and i got (laughs) stuck i got stuck at some point couldn't figure out what to do (laughs) And I backtracked all the way to like the first stage of the game, realized I didn't need to backtrack. So then once I realized there was nothing I could do early on in the game, once I went back, I was like, okay, so I think I just missed something. I made my way all the way back to where I had like, you know, where I had gotten stuck at. And then I saved the game and I was done. And so I picked it right back up where I left off last week. And I kind of said on this show that I'm sure once I go in with like a fresh set of mind, not being nearly as tipsy i'll probably just figure it out right away and right when i fired it up i immediately figured it out and that was mainly just that so they set you up early on in the game when you get the the rocket launcher that the rockets can reveal you know um uh can reveal like hidden areas of the map by basically breaking certain walls and i didn't shoot the right wall basically and so i did that immediately opened up a wall push forward and not like and it was awesome because right after i did that just upgrade upon upgrade upon upgrade like i got the morph ball finally oh. yeah i got the morph ball mines so i can i can lay those shoot myself in the air Damn, I, you did you do that morph ball jump yet oh yes of course <laughs> got that i got uh i got a flash step um and, and then like you know i got like an upgrade to my suit so i can deal i can withstand extreme heat so a lot of a lot of upgrades just on top of each other and did a boss fight took down that boss it was absolutely amazing so literally just that one point where i got stuck where i shouldn't have gotten stuck and it just off to the races from there it almost it felt like a metaphor for somewhat life and you know some criticism of gaming in that you know like sometimes you feel like you're just in like a place where you're stuck or you're in a holding pattern and then once you just kind of you get past over that hump then you just ride a wave of just like newness <laughs> yes. and that's exactly what it felt like i like i got stuck figured it out and then just was off to the races from there and then also another thing that 
I feel that like some gamers would do sometimes when they get stuck in a game is they'll immediately blame the developer. And that was almost <laughs> what I did in my, my drunken state was I said to myself, Oh, I clearly went further than I was supposed to go. And now I can't go back. And so clearly I, I missed out on an ability. And so I had to like quit out and go back to like uh, before I, cause thankfully I didn't save, but that didn't matter actually, but I didn't save. So I went back and then that's when I backtracked. So that's the other part of it is don't question the developer. <laughs> like there, there are times when you can question them, but I feel like for the most part, you have to, you have to basically let them guide you and listen to everything they tell you in those tutorials for certain abilities. And then know that wherever you are, you're supposed to be there. And then it's just on you to figure out what to do next. Um, and so, yeah, because of that, went back with a you know with a fresh mind and immediately thought about like oh yeah they told me the rockets can open up a secret location i just started blasting all the walls and then i found that secret location and so yeah um yeah just pay attention the tutorials are there for a reason and not all developers are just dumbass people they they actually know what's, <laughs> what's going on in their game and they they test it out and they set you up for success, not for failure. I don't understand. All the children figured it out. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, other than that, I got into life. I got into news. So let's just get right into these wait, topics wait, of the wait, week. Wait. Before we get in, I forgot one more game I was playing. Oh, uh, yeah. So what's that? Anyway? And, and one more game I was finally able to buy because mm-hmm. I believe uh, yesterday or maybe the day before, Carrion finally came out on ps4 the game with the reverse horror game where you play as the monster sneaking through all the vents and and everything taking out the scientific facility as you escape yes. been waiting for that for a very long time so i'm excited <clears throat> to start that up excuse me you got a little hiccups got a little choked up <laughs> such a good feeling uh i also purchased a little game that came out by the name of golf club wasteland so it's a kind of a science fiction golf game where the rich people have moved to Mars. Ooh, that's not too far off. But uh, what they do is they come back to Earth to play golf in the wastelands. <laughs> so with the game, it's like you're you're playing golf, but it's you're not on a golf course. You're just in random ass locations around the world, like hitting golf balls off of off of shipping containers or up cranes and things like that. So it's a very simplistic golf game. It's very relaxing and fun so yeah it's it's a nice little game i played a few holes got a i think i started the game getting a birdie unlocked like two or three trophies it was awesome (laughs) yeah man i'm looking forward to playing more of that at some point and it's just one more thing that i got into other than until dawn so i feel even worse now (laughs) so all right well let's get into these topics of the week Uh, topics of the week want to lead it off a dib Oh, yeah. So, where should I go with it? Let's go to an oldie, but a goodie, a favorite, uh, something that has a sweet spot in the hearts of those of us here at Control Issues, the staff, as well as the talent, which happens to be both of us. (laughs) Yes, No Man's Sky is back in the news. They got a Halloween update. They've added sandworm functionality yes yes so no man's sky has announced emergence which is a fourth expedition and a halloween update uh expeditions are no man's sky's event quest 
Emergence is the one, it's the first one with a full narrative attached. What it does is it trans players on a barren world and asks them to solve the mystery of a cult that appears to be connected with the Titan worms infesting planets across the galaxy. Uh, it's also a mini update that adds some features. Uh, they're better particle effects. Uh, also, there are fully rideable flying sandworms. They're sandworm combat. I think there's a, a player cosmetic upgrade with a sandworm helmet, which looks utterly grotesque. But if people are into that, then they're into that. Uh, see, there are grosser effects added uh, from jetpack trails that fire worms and a flesh launcher. Uh, it sends up fireworks that explode in a splatter of slime and plasma and wormlets. <laughs> yeah, there's other stuff. See, we talked about that. There's a Titanic trophy. Uh, it's an eerie skull once belonging to a large legless cousin of the Titan sandworm, and it adds a touch of macabre decor to your base. So if you're still playing No Man's Sky after all this time, there's even more reasons to go back to it. If you haven't gotten into No Man's Sky after all this time, there's even more reasons to get into it. AMC, how do you feel about this news? Great. It's another update. Um, the, the sandworm is huge. It's absolutely huge. Um, everything that Beetlejuice feared about the sandworms you can now see in No Man's Sky because uh, they are they are mighty. The um, I did see the helmet. I had no idea what was going on there because the sandworm was so huge. And the next thing you know, he just has a sandworm face. So maybe he's able to shrink down that, that sandworm in some type of way to wear it as a helmet, but it was very grotesque and awesome at the same time. Yeah. It seems like they're having, they're having a lot of fun with it. They're, they're thinking, what are some crazy things that we can just add into these worlds to just make them a little more dangerous, but also just a little more unique. And why not throw in a sandworm on top of, crazy ass ice storms and everything else that the game has to offer. So yeah, it's, um, I figured the more that you can run into the more lived in the worlds will fill. And that's exactly what you want in these type of exploration games. So, uh, I think it's a good update and something that people will look forward to, especially the fact that you can ride on the sandworms. They're really getting into the, just having fun <laughs> with their game as opposed to, you know, taking it so serious. And I think that's, that's when you hit like a good space in game development when you're just willing to kind of get like get out there very much like the uh was it fallout and their wild wild wastelands like updates yes. and the the hardcore gore <laughs> like uh was it a uh, skill unlock so all, all that stuff um always fun uh how about yourself what do you think about this i just like i said more reasons to get into one of the most substantially supported games of all time uh, the, one of the greatest redemption stories in gaming history. I'm looking through the comments here, and a couple that stand out are awesome news. Riding Sandworms update comes in time for Dune release. Can't wait to play after work. Next comment says, incredible, favorite game. This is in stark contrast to the laundry list of comments people have had for several years about No Man's Sky since it came out. So just further proof that the game has indeed turned its reputation around. Uh, I'm it's not enough to get me to fire up the game again. So if there is another content update sometime in the future, maybe a bigger one will bring me back. Having gotten to the center of the galaxy, I, I feel fine moving on. But this is awesome for people who are still playing. Uh, it, it also reaches back for the initial reveal of the game when there were giant sandworms and 
you know, uh, eventually those didn't make the release version of the game because according to Sean Murray at Hello Games, it just wasn't fun to try to fight those. It was, you know, seemingly impossible, but they have figured out how to make it possible. So, you know, this just goes to show you just because something didn't make the final cut of a game doesn't mean that it won't ever make the cut of a game. And this is great. Let's get into our next topic of the week. Top topic of, of the, the week. week. Yes. Yes. Uh, so we got an announcement. It's actually a follow-up to the hit title Stardew Valley. And this one being called Haunted Chocolatier. So we got a, a trailer and we also got a blog post. In it, Concerned Ape basically describes the gameplay loop. The gameplay loop involves gathering ingredients, making chocolate, and oh. winning a chocolate shop. Of course, there's a lot more to the game than that, but I don't want to get too deep into, into it at this early stage, partly because I don't want to be tied down to any particular concept of what the game <laughs> is. Yes. I, yeah, so what we saw seems uh, very much in line with what we... with with stardew valley but yet its own thing um we did see you know a lot of going out into the world the resource gathering he it, it almost like reminiscent of like mario where he just opens up what looks like a painting but uh, maybe it's just a part of the world jumps through it and next thing you know he's on a map and he's fucking up birds shooting arrows fucking murders knocking them a dozen feet back yeah, knocking them, hitting them with a the stick, then shooting them with a bow and arrow, handling business, collecting resources. And then he goes in, he he's then at a vat, and he's, I guess, making his concoctions. And then we see the character at an item, uh, at least in a shop, an item shop, we'll say, that they are running, and they're... They put their like all their different chocolates on there. Then people show up and start buying stuff. So some elements similar to that game Moonlighter. Yes, I was thinking that. But as he said, he doesn't really want to tie it down to any one thing. And that's that's very much in the vein of Stardew Valley because you see Stardew Valley and you think like what, like Harvest Moon or any of those other games. But then what those games really are all about is um, the world building, the NPCs, the interactions that come along in the world of uh, that they have. And this one, it's um, it's called Haunted Chocolatier. We see ghosts in his house. Um, <laughs> we also see, obviously, NPCs. The, the house itself, he said, is a mystery. So um, there's a lot that, like, that can go on with just the place there that you're living in as opposed to um you know building everything up that you saw in like stardew valley like you're just it looks like you just start out straight up in a mansion and then you're off to the races from there so yeah it looks like it has all the, all the charm of stardew valley but also a little different in its own way and so aw yeah how do you feel about uh following up the i want to say cult classic but just the classic that is stardew valley with this haunted chocolatier I mean, speaking of classics, Haunted Chocolatier, it, you know, give it a little twist. Uh, like, I, I have a question for you, AMC. Like, it, do you think this is in any way inspired by Willy Wonka? Oh, yeah, it could be. Like, <laughs> definitely. I didn't, I didn't even make that connection, but I could totally see that because he's kind of, he is insane, Wonka. <laughs> so yeah. this, could be, this could be the lead up to what drives him insane. <laughs> like, maybe this is why he gave away the chocolate factory because it was yeah. on it and he got scared. <laughs> like, do you think, are you, oh my God, if you could have an army of Oompa Loompas. <laughs> yeah, like, what if the ghosts are the Oompa Loompas that, like, 
post-death and then now they just they work his shop as uh, unfair labor practices uh, uh, hostile work environment uh, <laughs> crunch uh. yeah none of the Hershey's crunch uh. <laughs> yeah none of that shit is funny except Hershey's crunch that is delicious uh, it, I think it's cool as hell it's an excellent concept for a game like even if it doesn't even if it doesn't directly reference Willy Wonka or Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, you know, it's still a great idea for the game to like, it, it's always a good idea for a game for people to basically run a business from the, the supply chain all the way to the end product. So I would even like it if there was like a finance side where <laughs> you got to, you got to do the day-to-day overhead. <laughs> yeah, that would be sure. awesome. Yeah, clean up the books. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's that's a mechanic that I have in mind for a game that, that I've been workshopping where you work as basically an, uh, an kind of an interstellar repo man. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, like you're running a repo company. You have expenses. You have crew. You got to pay people. You got to get raises. <laughs> cost of living. But Yeah. This game, it looks great. I mean, it looks like Stardew Valley, except it's giving you the wackiness of running a chocolate factory and, you know, being a public figure, walking through the city, talking to people, solving their problems. So it's, I haven't gotten into any of these games. The only game of this type or within the spectrum of this type of game that I ever tried to get into was Terraria. And, you know, it just wasn't for me. However, I do enjoy that people are highly enthusiastic for these type of games. I'm looking forward to the discussion and the reception for what's going on. I mean, Stardew Valley is regarded by many as their favorite game of all time. Some consider it the game of the year for the year that it came out. So to see more of this style of game and something that's just, you know, outside of the norm like you said stardew valley harkens to harvest moon with elements of animal crossing mixed in so to take that and to give it this chocolate angle and to give you the shop angle which is you know reminiscent of a title like moonlighter which i enjoy a great deal yeah i'm looking forward to seeing how this goes Mm. Well, let's keep it moving, A-Dub. Let's move into this next topic of the week. Topic of, of the, the week. week. Oh, yeah. Uh, we got uh, some interesting news. We got some seemingly multi-platform news. We got some God of War news. Some Dad of Boy news. <laughs> yes. Uh, much to the delight as well as the chagrin. Of others, God of yeah. War, <laughs> God of War, coming to PC. Uh, yeah. Sony's third party. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. So as you can tell, there are some people who may react to this with dismay. Other people are reacting to it with glee. But let's just give you the facts first and foremost. 2018's God of War. It's coming to PC. It's arriving on Steam as well as the Epic Game Store January 14th. You can pre-order it now. It's $49.99 USD, £39.99. So yeah, you can get that going. Uh, Let's see what's going on here. Adding to the game are enhanced visuals, unlocked frame rates, 4K resolution options, 
NVIDIA DLSS and Reflex support. The game will support multiple controllers as well as keyboard and mouse. It'll also include 21 by 9 ultra widescreen support. The exact PC specs haven't been released yet. So make sure you got your cards in order. Make sure you got your DLLs and your kernels in order. Uh, the, P the PC version is also going to include bonus content. It's going to have Death's Vow armor sets for Kratos and Atreus. It's going to have Exile's Guardian shield skin, Buckler of the Forge shield skin, Shining Elven Soul shield skin, Doken Shielder shield skin. Would you know about that Doken Shielder? <laughs> <laughs> Not to be confused with Doken B, which a game that was starting out as an MMO and is now turning into a single player game, but that's a whole other story. But yeah, God of War coming to PC. AFC, yeah, how do you yeah, feel? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I didn't buy it on PlayStation to see it appear on another era platform. Uh, 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 no, that's a cool story. Uh, I'm sure it's going to look absolutely amazing in in 4K with 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 all the the special lighting and all the accoutrements, reflective shadowing, and whatever the fuck else they said in that in that, that, that ray tracing, that that bulk cell model. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, it's great. Um, it's a game that has yeah in the in the post they said they've already sold around 19.5 million copies of mm. uh, of god of war on the ps4 mm. so you know uh as we'll be discussing npd sony has a track record of you know re-releasing things and doing really well and why not go into this space of pc and you know you have all these people who have been waiting to play god of war who possibly haven't gotten a playstation 4 or a ps5 and yeah now this is a chance for them to really jump in jump into that world and get a taste of it and maybe maybe even give them some incentive to pick up a ps5 and then pick up that that god of war in into a trilogy but not a trilogy because it's only two two games um so yeah that two-part trilogy that two-part trilogy yeah exactly <laughs> so uh yeah it's a it's a good move i think and why not it's gonna look beautiful so have at it hey you can even play god of war now on your on your steam deck apparently so that's gonna be also awesome as well yes handheld god of war uh, uh, yeah so people who are outside of the playstation ecosystem finally getting a taste of yet another playstation exclusive however this news is leaving a bad taste in the mouths of others uh, we got your troll of the week. Troll of the week. Troll of the week. Troll of the week. How dare you release it on another platform? Uh, uh, first show says, oh my God, would that happen with God of War Ragnarok? Probably over time. It took God of War 2018 three years to go to PC. So, hey, maybe it'll take three years for God of War Ragnarok to get there. But we just have to see. Let's not go jumping to conclusions, player. Next show says, sad day for us Sony fans. <laughs> Why? <laughs> what, are you, what are you sad about? That someone else gets to play your games? <laughs> that more people will play a game that you liked? <laughs> that the developer will bring in more money that will allow them to take more time and resources necessary to put the most into their next IP? I mean, grow up. Next show says, gee, does Sony not want me to buy a PlayStation? Well, did you buy one already? Like, if you bought one, then you would have played God of War already. 
and this wouldn't matter to you. But if you didn't buy a PlayStation already, then you kind of fucked up. And now you can get God of War on your PC anyway, and it's going to be $50. Uh, uh, you could have got a cheaper on PlayStation. Uh. Uh. <laughs> Next troll says, so Sony, the fans and authors here jabbing at, at, oh, excuse me, I read that way out of context. Okay, so Sony, the fans and authors here jabbing at Xbox for releasing exclusives on Xbox and PC before What's the difference now? Uh, yeah, it's the same thing. Uh, it's the same thing. Yeah. Uh, the difference being Xbox was releasing their exclusives day and date on Xbox and PC, meaning that you never had to get an Xbox to play Xbox exclusives. For Sony, this is a PS4 game. It's been out for three years. Yeah. If, you, <laughs> if you had a PlayStation, you were the only person playing it for a few years. If you had a PC, you had to wait until today and you never had any idea that it was going to happen. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Next show says, no reason to own a PS5. Derp. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a PS4 game. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Natural says that seals it then. I don't need a PlayStation 5. I'll invest that 500 euro into a new PC instead. Uh, it's a PS4 game, dude. <laughs> like, uh, what, what are you going to do about PlayStation 5 exclusives? What are you going to do about Returnal? What are you going to do about Sackboy Adventure? <laughs> what are you going to do about Ratchet and Clank? What are you going to do about Horizon Forbidden West? What are you going to do about Gran Turismo 7? God of War Ragnarok. What are you going to do about all the exclusives that are coming down the line for the years to come for the life cycle? That is the PlayStation 5. You're going to get a video card to do that. You're going to get an emulator. I don't think so. <laughs> and like putting 500 euros into a new PC, your PC probably already costs like a couple grand. You're going to put the amount of a console in it to upgrade it to play PS4 games? What kind of sense does that make? You're, you're paying 500 euro for a PS4. <laughs> when you could pay that for a PS5, which is in effect a PS4 as well. Mm -hmm. Next troll says, coming to Game Pass next. <laughs> uh, Sony's, going, Sony's going third party. Uh, uh, they're going under, they're going bankrupt. Hey. Go won't go broke. Uh, that's what happens when, when you make Kratos a dad. Got a bankruptcy. Uh, yeah. Last troll says, I can finally play this PlayStation exclusive the way it was intended with an Xbox controller. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, couldn't you do that anyway? Aren't there like dongles and all kinds of things that allow you to use other controllers on different consoles? It's like, I don't know where these trolls are coming from with their out of date, out of season trolling remarks, uh, completely oblivious to the circumstances that they seek to address. They're spending current gen money to play last gen games and not prepare themselves for the future of gaming. I just don't understand AFC. Can you make sense of this more than I can? Not at all, because it's funny when the Switch was, um, you know, getting ports of like old PlayStation or Xbox games, like after they'd been on, you know, on those consoles for a little while, there's a lot of criticism like, oh, like, 
I've already played those games. Why would I want to play them again on the Switch? Doesn't make sense. Uh, but this is the one situation <laughs> where somehow Sony loses <laughs> because people get to play their games three years later. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, I, should, I mean, should I just get a PC PlayStation <laughs> exclusive now? Like, if you want to wait an entire console generation for them to eventually make it to your platform, have at it. Yeah. I mean, Jesus Christ. Like, people are bending over backwards to try to spin this as anything other than what it is, which is a bunch of old games <laughs> come into PC. Like, yeah, it's like the definition of sloppy seconds. Like, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> like we've, we've had it. <laughs> We're dead like, with it. Not, not just had it, like, got hooked up with her, yeah. married her, had a kid, yeah. sent the kid off to college, got a divorce, <laughs> got a Ferrari, got on steroids. Yeah. Now, 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 now getting ready to hook up with her sister. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh. <laughs> oh, man. I, 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 just, I just don't. I just can't. <laughs> Let's get into these next topics of the week. Top Ta- topic of the week. week. Uh, let's see. I guess I'm up. Um, let's oh go right into it. We got we got MPD day 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 day. So we got MPD for the month of September 2021, and we will lead it off with the top 20 best selling games of the month. For the United States, a dub of the month of all time of the United uh, States. <laughs> number one, this is no surprise. Madden NFL 2022. There we go. Reviews two, don't mean shit. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, exactly. I think that was like the headline for the article. Um, number two, we got a new game, and with an old title, uh, FIFA 2022. 22. Uh, 22. 22 22 uh number three got another new game nba 2k 2022 so just sports just take it <laughs> we got football then we got soccer and then we have the nba all just taking the top three spots i mean this is the season of the sports bro <laughs> yep also all annual games everything that people like complain about multiplayer games <laughs> yeah Games that have microtransactions. Yeah. <laughs> Predatory. <laughs> Got loot boxes. <laughs> Randomization. <laughs> Annual franchises. <laughs> yeah, every, 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 every evil <laughs> of the gaming industry distilled into the top three games in North America. <laughs> yep. 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 Exactly. What's number four? Give me give me some breath of fresh air with number four. Oh, uh, we got breath of fresh. We got a new game, another new game, and yes, very much a breath of fresh air. That being in the way of Tales of Arise. Oh, I thought it was going to be like Pro Evolution Soccer. Yeah. <laughs> a free or whatever game. it is now, E-Soccer. Yeah, a free game showed up on MPD. <laughs> no. Microtransactions uh, alone carry yeah. it to the top. <laughs> uh, see, number five, uh, uh, you, this is a game that you're familiar with, Diablo 2 Resurrected. Yes. That's a, another new game, new old game. At some point, I need to get more familiar with it again. However, um, I'm enjoying Bloodborne. I need to play until dawn. Yeah, <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna get into carrying. I'm gonna play Golf Club Wasteland. I'm still on the edge of starting up Death's Door. I really want to do it, but I know I'm gonna dedicate my life to completing that. But enough about me. It's about MP date. Day day, 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 day number six, and got another new. Oh, no, not another new game. This being Deathloop, uh, game of the year contender. Yeah, uh, number seven. When, when did it come out? It came out in September. I don't have the date though. 
But oh. uh, yeah, this is uh, it's it's new, so it came out during that month. Um, number seven. This is uh, an oldie but a goodie. Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War just stays on the list. Uh, number eight, an oldie but a goodie. This is why you re-release games, A-Dub. Ghost of Tsushima still holding on in the top ten. God damn. That director's cut, baby. Number nine, oh, still selling well. Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. PlayStation mm-hmm. showing up strong right now. Number That's 10, right. and we got another new game. This being Life is Strange, True Colors. I see is. your true colors shining through. <laughs> but, <laughs> number 11, Mario Kart 8. Number 12, oh, because you didn't get enough of the diablo 2 resurrected we also have another new a new game from diablo series as being diablo prime evil collection i believe this is diablo 3 all of its uh updates and diablo 2 resurrected including the necromancer pack yeah so diablo making all the money right now 13 and Dominus, AMC. <laughs> yeah 13 another new game that being Sonic Colors Ultimate. Don't even know what that is. Uh, 14, Minecraft. 15, got our last new game. This being WarioWare. Get it together. Um, 16, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Now I'm just going to read off the rest of these. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate, Animal Crossing New Horizons, Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2019, and 20 rounding out the list, Mortal Kombat 11. Just always selling. So AMC, I got to very important very pressing question for you yes sir if wario is the opposite of mario the evil mario would that then mean that the opposite of wario where is mario mare where you raise female horses that might be it you're right racing like a pona <laughs> <laughs> bring, bring it in instead of it yeah <laughs> <laughs> trying to trying to make the perfect horse for Princess Peach. Yeah, give Bowser horses in exchange for Princess. <laughs> oh man, Is Miyamoto-san, get on it. Get on it. We want that. I mean, you think Yoshi? This got to be like a Yoshi breeding game as well. On top of that, maybe that's the 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 new mare is the the dinosaur. I'd like to see like a combination of Mario and Stardew Valley, where you where you raise Mushroom Kingdom livestock. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> doing doing like Venn diagrams, genetic and like you know genetic genetic experiments to yeah. come up with like the perfect Yoshi, the black Yoshi. Yeah, and you grow like different types of mushrooms. Get the one up mushrooms. You get the the super mushroom. Get the flower mushroom. Um, mushrooms with different with a mixture of multiple properties. Yeah, <laughs> get like That's- a star mushroom. That would be kind of hot. Star mushroom immediately makes you invincible for about five minutes. And big. Temporary bigness and invincibility. Yeah. That is shit. Let's see. Uh, well, you got some notes on Tales of Arise. Tales of Arise set a new launch month dollar sales record of any Tales of franchise release. Let's see. Life is Strange True Colors. Life is Strange True Colors generated the highest launch month dollar sales of any Life is Strange title to date. So both of these games carrying that momentum. We're seeing, as as we mentioned, Tales of Arise, this seems to be the one that's, you know, the uh, the crossover success. You know, the, the Tales series has been around, but this one getting a lot of mainstream success. And uh, Life is Strange just putting out more games and just people are 
just hungry for it and buying them all. So the momentum carrying with the Life is Strange collection. Life is uh, beautiful for the Life is Strange franchise. Yes, sir. Uh, let's go into the top 10 best selling games of the year so far. Number one, Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. Because, Number two, of course. Yeah. Uh, Madden NFL 22, three, MLB The Show 21. Four, Resident Evil Village. Five, Super Mario 3D World. Six, Marvel Spider-Man Miles Morales. Seven, Mario Kart 8. Minecraft, Monster Hunter Rise. And 10, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. We're going to go into each individual console's top five best-selling games on the Nintendo platform. One, Mario Kart 8. Two, WarioWare Get It Together. Three, Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Get It Together. Yeah. <laughs> get It Together, Grouch. I'm uh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> get it together grouch get it together grouch uh, four diablo 2 resurrected and five animal crossing new horizons on the playstation platform one madden nfl two fifa 2022 three nba 2k 22 death loop and then tales of arise and on xbox their top five madden nfl fifa 2022 nba 2k 2022 Diablo 2 Resurrected and Call of Duty Black Ops Cold War. And as we discussed in the pre-show, as far as hardware sales, PlayStation 5 was the best-selling hardware platform of September in both units and dollar sales. PlayStation 5 is the best-selling hardware platform of 2021 uh, year-to-date in dollars, while Nintendo Switch leads in units. Another note, September 2021 snaps the remarkable 33 consecutive month streak that Nintendo Switch was the market's leading platform in hardware unit sales. Uh, so basically all going all the way back to November 2018 was the last month a platform other than Nintendo Switch, that being PlayStation 4, led the market in unit sales. So yeah, PlayStation that uh, as, as Adam mentioned uh, I, I want to say like months ago, they put out a um, at least they, they were able to get a hold of some semiconductors and we're able to kick up some of their production and clearly we're seeing that and the units now being moved for the playstation 5 and showing up in the sales i mean what do you what do you think about this adub that momentum what do you think about playstation sales as far as um exclusives we saw death loop we saw ghost of tsushima we saw what else is on there uh tales of arise so playstation showing up really strong for this month what do you think about that adub i think oh how the tables have turned <laughs> People just going on and on the Switch, best-selling console of the ninth generation. It's like, first of all, it's not even a ninth generation console. Second of all, it's a brand new console, the newest console. Third of all, it's Nintendo. They hit their vein. They tend to do that. Also, these new consoles just came out. Give them some time to breathe. And now that they can breathe, they're consuming all the air in the room, especially the PS5, because them lungs are just... They aren't too small to hotbox with God. All jokes aside, come bounce with us, standing over you with the 12 gauge about the bus. Yes. <laughs> Shout out to Exhibit, Pin My Ride, Eternal. But yeah, man, it's this is what was gonna happen. You know, the the switch is hot right now, but the PS5 is much hotter. It just there were just supply constraints. So as those constraints gently ease as these consoles continue to make their way into people's homes, whether directly or through quote unquote middlemen for a for a nominal fee. You know, it's gonna happen. And 
as more consoles get into people's homes, then eventually we're going to start getting the, the current gen only exclusives. And that's only going to drive demand even further, which is going to more consoles, which is just going to feed this feedback cycle of greatness that we were told awaits since PS4 and has been materializing ever since. So yes, um, very excited. This is a good side of things to come. In general, the gaming industry is doing better than ever. More people are playing more games than ever. More games are being developed across more genres at more price levels than ever. More ways to get them. More ways to access them. More games are more accessible. I mean, what more could you ask for as a gamer than a thriving, successful industry? All of its, all of its leaders, all of its competitors, all eating. So I'm good with it. How do you feel? Yeah, I'd say just the other note with that is um, once again going against the narrative because. You know, they, they would say like, all right, all these consoles, all these PlayStation 5 consoles are selling, but it's because scalpers are buying them. But if that were the case, you wouldn't see so many PlayStation exclusives actually crack in the top 10 because, I mean, are the scalpers buying all those games? So yeah. the fact that we're seeing, <laughs> yeah. So the fact that we're actually seeing all the games show up there is is just indicative that the consumers are actually getting a hold of PlayStation consoles and going out and buying their games and playing the shit out of them. It's just people buying them on PS4 and they're going to upgrade later when they eventually get a console. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, with that, yeah, absolutely awesome. Uh, and hopefully we'll see this continue uh, just sales we know that i mean this is this month alone we just saw all those new games come out and immediately do very well and it's only going to build from here and so just to see that momentum carry over into november we're in october but yeah november and december and then next year it's going to be absolutely insane and nice yeah. to see that there hasn't been you know a major drop off because there there was somewhat of a not really a worry but a prediction that you know sales were up during the pandemic during the lockdowns and all these people who aren't necessarily gaming got into it but it was only going to be you know transitory and eventually they would get back to you know hanging out at, at bars and not playing video games and <laughs> doing what they did other than playing video games yeah, more, like, more people have tried heroin but once they get their jobs back they're going to kick the habit <laughs> yeah and um it's nice to see that you know some of that is still holding on and it's showing up as those people are buying Madden and FIFA and NBA 2K22. <laughs> this pandemic created a whole new class and generation of gamers. Like these numbers are going to hold steady for the long term. Mark my words. Are these the uh, the baby boomers of game of gamers? <laughs> the the, the gamey boomers. <laughs> the gamey boomers. <laughs> Like, yeah, I started in the pandemic, didn't realize how, how far gaming had come. You know, I always thought it was a kid's thing, but it's actually very mature stories and, and adult content. So I'm very interested. Yeah, for all these people, they haven't they haven't really been introduced to the fact that Madden is supposed to be bad. <laughs> They're just yeah. like, like uh, Madden, has, Madden has come a far away from when I played it back in 2000. <laughs> like, that's, man, that's I remember I remember just bombing into Bo Jackson. <laughs> yeah. I remember when it had the, the windows, the, the tiles at the top of the screen, you just threw <laughs> it to a guy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, they have their real names on the jerseys. <laughs> like yeah. they, that's another thing is like new gamers would be amazed by just the smallest things. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily like, oh, there was a frame rate dip. 
there's a screen tear. <laughs> Not perfect. Yeah. It's nice. They they aren't jaded. They aren't spoiled. They don't have expectations. It's such a blissful ignorance that I envy. But at the same time, I enjoy being on the other side of the mirror, looking into looking into the room as they're, you know, being focus tested, doing that blind, that double blind study. So yeah, man, it, it's awesome to see new people getting into gaming. It's reassuring knowing that the habit is beat the hobby is being safeguarded for the long term you know it's just spreading and growing and improving maturing we're going to get a whole host of new data from a, a whole group of new gamers that's going to shape things to come you know take that how you want to take it <laughs> and yeah man i'm looking forward to it but all right let's, let's get into the next topic of the week a topic of the week let's start getting into the bad news amc mm. Let's start getting into the stuff that could have been troll the week, <laughs> but just didn't make the cut somehow. We'll start off with a a little a little uh, a double play of delayed news. This one hitting a couple bases with a single hit: Cyberpunk twenty seventy seven and Witcher three next gen upgrades delayed to twenty twenty two. Yes, in an official statement, CD Projekt Red has said that they're delaying the release of Cyberpunk 2077 next-gen patch free upgrade. Still, at this point, they promised. Uh, it's being moved to the first quarter of 2022, and the next-gen version of The Witcher 3 Wild Hunt is being moved to the second quarter of 2022. Uh, a subsequent tweeted version of the update doesn't offer a specific reason for the delay, but says we want to make it right. <laughs> How do you feel about this news, AMC? Um, yeah, makes sense. I mean, they gotta get whatever is going on right now correct before they can really focus on, you know, all the all the next gen updates that they plan to roll out. So I, I think that's um you gotta keep your eyes on the prize and that's getting the game to work correctly. Yes. So I think it's a uh, Take your time with those updates, just like how they should have taken their time with releasing the game and get it out right. And so, yeah, I, you know, I, I didn't really care. So I don't, I don't own um, Cyberpunk and I'm not going to go back to The Witcher. So Damn. On, on a personal level, it's not like a thing that personally concerns me. But for the people who are looking forward to it, you got to wait a little bit longer. It personally concerns me because I am uniquely interested in this situation where CD Projekt Red was being heaped with unending praise and worship and elevation into the upper pantheons of the greatest developers of all time. Yeah, I feel like we're, we're far <laughs> past that point now. <laughs> yeah, we're very far past that point. And it's, it just, it keeps coming back to this point that CD Projekt Red just talks too much. They're always in the news saying something like just, I don't, I don't know if it was a month or two ago they were, I think they were showing footage of the next gen upgrade for the Witcher three. And so like, yeah, we're going to get it out this year and, you know, showing things off. And now we're getting close to the end of the year. And it's like, not only are they delayed, but you're pushing the Witcher three upgrade, which was shown off to the second quarter of 2022. So it's going to come out after the cyberpunk upgrade, which you haven't shown off. And it's just like, you guys keep your head down and work. Just get it out. You don't have to be in the news. You don't have to do this opportunistic PR where you're trying to slam dunk on 
the follies of other developers, like those are your peers within the same industry. You want to be supportive and collaborative with the people that you're working with, not trying to score points off of them. So, you know, it's this isn't to like rub salt in the wound of CD Projekt Red. It's just another reminder that do the work, then do the talk. Don't do the talk and then ask for an extension because that's that's just not how the game goes, man. <laughs> but let's get into our next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Let's let's actually go on a somewhat brighter note, a somewhat related note, some CD Projekt news. Coming around the same time as the news of them delaying these upgraded versions of their game, they've also announced that they purchased an indie studio. Specifically, they have purchased the Molasses Flood, the makers of Flame and the Flood, as well as there was another game they made. Drake and I can't. Uh, Drake Hollow. Drake Hollow, that's right. Uh, I didn't get into that one. However, Flame and the Flood, I was lucky enough to back that on Kickstarter and I felt very good about the end product. It's definitely one of my favorite roguelikes, roguelites out there where you play as scout and you're in a world that has been ravaged by water and your mission is to float all the way down river and get to get to the end figure out what happened get to safety find some kind of colony uh along the way you're going to have to stop at little islands that exist within the river that you're going down and you're going to have to forage for resources, you craft, you're going to fight off threats like wolves and boars and bears. You're going to craft makeshift weapons. You're going to avoid hazards such as snakes, ants, <laughs> ivy, <laughs> poison. Uh, you're going to have to battle the elements. You're going to have to make sure you're keeping Scout warm. You got to keep her dry. You got to drink water. You got to eat food. You got to get sleep. All these things can end up you know, hurting you real bad and eventually killing you. So this game, it took me uh, quite a bit of effort to get to the end of the game, but eventually I did. It is definitely a beatable game. Don't feel like it's too tough. All you got to do is figure out the systems, leverage them to your benefit and keep going. You're going to upgrade your gear. You're going to upgrade your equipment. You got a dog. The dog has pockets. You're going to upgrade your raft. It's a fantastic experience. So Insofar as the acquisition itself, I think CD Projekt Red made an excellent decision here because Molasses Flood is an outstanding developer with a lot of promise and talent. AMC, do you have any feelings about this? Yeah, I think it's a good pickup. I also like the way that they're handling it in that it's not like they're picking them up and then just rolling them into CD Projekt Red like duties. Like, all right, now here, you're going to help us out on this update for The Witcher. Um, they're still, they're going to remain on their own they are going to be working with, uh, you know, CD Projekt Red IP, but they are allowing them to, uh, to you know, still operate separately. So I think that's a, that's a good thing because then, you know, a possibility of, as you're saying, like, not necessarily like it has to be this, but all the things that they did right with Flame in the Flood, but then you work in maybe some, like, you work in some of The Witcher or you work in some of uh, Cyberpunk into that. So you just take some of their world building and then work it into the gameplay mechanics that you've already set up and built as a foundation. Um, I think it's a, uh, I think it, there's a lot of potential and being that they're now picked up there, you know, they have a company that has a ton of money already. 
as I, um, one thing I always like about acquisitions is you're now no longer looking for, you know, looking for the handout. You already got the, the funding. And then as long as they're letting you just do what you do best, which is get out there and um, make great games, that's exactly what you want in these type of uh, acquisitions. And so I think it's the right setup. And now it's just a matter of seeing what they can do. And I imagine when they met with Molasses Flood and they, you know, propositioned them with, you know, the acquisition, they probably even were curious to see, like, what would you do with this world? And when they <sighs> probably broke down, like, this is, this would be our take on, you know, The Witcher or on Cyberpunk. Oh. Like, Fuck yeah. All right. Here's, a, here's all the money. And you're now, <laughs> you now, here's your, here's your Rockefeller chain. And you're now- <laughs> <laughs> oh, the era of the Rockefeller chain. Yes. So, I was like being anointed by God. <laughs> I mean, is there having played Flame in the Flood? Um, we know that they've so what they've done a survival game and they've done a, a base building style of game. Is there something that you would like to see with this this dream style mashup? I would like to see a cyberpunk oriented game in the style of Flame in the Flood. I would like to see a sur- a survival game where you're basically working your way from the badlands across the desert into the city. And along the way, you have to fight threats. You have to scavenge for like components and things, upgrade yourself, you know, swap out your power sources, you know, charge yourself up, Mm. (laughs) like that kind of shit, like flame in the flood, but cyberpunk, they they could even do a Witcher oriented flame in the flood style game. I just want to see them iterate on the ideas and the mechanics that they introduced with flame in the flood. I think that was an excellent foundation for not just a franchise, but also a subgenre of roguelikes. So if they are working with cyber, I mean, CD Projekt Red IPs, I would like to see Molasses Flood integrate their existing style of games within those universes rather than them, you know, make something that's more traditional or make something entirely different because yeah, there's a lot of potential that they can mine with what they set out with Flame in the Flood on its own. Well, here's hoping, you know, it's the partnership is there, the potential is there, so we'll see what's going on. All right, well, let's get into the next topic of the week. Top topic of the week. Mm, uh, you know what? This is uh, going to be a quick one. Um, so we've, this is a follow-up to an old story from... Overwatch. <laughs> <laughs> could have been troll of the week. <laughs> yeah, could have been troll of the week. Um, so yeah, they'd uh, let us know when you know when the shit hit the fan with Activision Blizzard and all the names are being named and the Cosby Suite was put on blast. Uh, <laughs> what what was it with the Cosby Suite? Because I keep hearing this term and I don't know what that was. I, I'd have to go back to like the original story, but I just know that a lot of. Uh, a lot of the sexual, I guess, misconduct took place in this Cosby suite, or at least this infamous picture that had like um, some of the uh, developers in it. <laughs> or is it is it a play on C-suite, like the executives mm. or the source of all the shit? <laughs> yeah, I, that I don't know. I have to reread it all. But um, so yeah, they they mentioned initially that they were going to change the name of McCree because McCree was named after. Um, somebody who worked at blizzard and jesse mccree it was a way to immortalize him in overwatch for all his all his hard work <laughs> the company <laughs> and 
then they I'm realize, sorry. Yeah. And then they realize, oh, you know what? Not, not such a good idea. You know what? Um, this guy is apparently not that good of a guy. And so we're going to change his name. Now, good or bad, I, I want to see what your, your take on this is. They decided to, <laughs> to, you know, work it into Overwatch because, you know, it'd be kind of strange if out of nowhere one of the characters just had a new name. Yeah. So they actually worked it into the world. So in a tweet, the Overwatch team framed the name change as Cassidy. So he, his, first of all, his name was from going from McCree to Cole Cassidy. That yeah. Cole Cassidy. So... Uh... This by way of The Verge. In a tweet, the Overwatch team framed the name change as Cassidy coming to terms with his checkered past and giving up his outlaw name, providing a clever in-game explanation for a change that was because of real-world real world forces. So somewhat like, um, I guess, like a Red Dead, where it's a guy who had a checkered past and McCree was his outlaw name. Mm. And him, him being like, those days are done. I'm going mm. back to my real name. Yeah. That being... Cole Cassidy, um, Cassidy that, Cole. that was that was my street name. That's yeah, my government name. <laughs> so, and now uh, he works for the government. So yeah, exactly. So um, how, how do you feel about this? And you know, working it into I guess the lore and the canon. I it would have been strange to change his name and leave everything else the same. <laughs> <laughs> like you know, I, I'm just I'm just hoping that they do the necessary work of going in and re-recording certain voice lines to also take that out because it's, 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 <laughs> it's their, it's McCree. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's their character to do with what they will. So, you know, to people that are all over the internet getting upset about this, it's like, it, it's not your character. <laughs> it may have been released. You may have played a thousand hours with them. It's not your character. It, you don't you don't own the rights you don't have the rights of ownership or the risk of ownership over this character over this ip so sit the fuck down people respect your feelings and your opinions but at the end of the day the company is making the decision that's in consideration of the people that were affected by these ongoing situations that are unfolding internally so let them deal with it it's fine i don't have an issue with this I think Cole Cassidy is it's pretty cool. I mean, obviously, it harkens to Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. So <laughs> that's pretty cool. And yeah, man, it's just a fictional character. It's just a name. They even rationalized it in a reasonable manner that going from the outlaws of the government. So I don't have an issue with this. I'm not going to say that people are unjustified in their feelings of, you know, being a little protective over it, but at the same token to, to disparage Blizzard and to make light of this change or the reasoning behind it is to completely miss the point and dismiss the severity of the situation that's unfolding at the company. I mean, the US government is involved. People are stepping out. Bobby Kotick was subpoenaed. It's, it's serious. There was a settlement. It wasn't enough. They're going back to the drawing board. So, you know, just take this as one of those situations where you don't have to have an opinion about it. You don't have to pick a side. They're doing what they feel is right. And I'm okay with that. It's just a video game. Just like with any patch or content update, anything that adds a tweak, adds a nerf, adds a new ability, takes away an old ability, you adapt, you adjust. It's just a name. You'll get over it. 
Yeah, I think it's uh, it's reflective of like or just a lot of times right now, and it's how I look at it. Obviously, so that's a little more personal, like with like like the statues, like Confederate statues, things on those lines. You, I was thinking that too. <laughs> yeah, it's like for some people, it's like, well, it's always been there, and like we've uh, it's just <laughs> it's it's how it's always been, and why are we changing it? And it's like because in the light of and the thing is, we we knew, but now it's like now we really know, like just you know. <laughs> as like more information comes out about people and things in history, we have to look at it through, you know, a somewhat different lens. And I get it. Like there is this thing where it's like, well, I've already moved on. So why can't everybody else? But that's the other part is you can't force other people to immediately just move on. And it would be like, you know, head in the sand of blizzard to kind of just leave his name as is knowing that you named him because of that reason. And Mm -hmm. that's like, if anything, that would be a more company move to be like, well, people don't really know this, so let's just pretend. <laughs> and then eventually there'd be some whistleblower within a company who would be like, hey, McCree's named after that guy, by the way. And it would be years from now. And then, you know, it would just all that shit would resurface. And so it's the best thing to do is while you're in the shits, just clean house and, you know, like rebrand in some ways i think i think facebook is like renaming themselves yeah <laughs> so it's like it's like you kind we of understand have, the harm we've caused so we're gonna change our name <laughs> yeah it's like you kind of just you have to like clean house and start from scratch in some ways and so uh it's either you stand you stand strong and you try to deny you try to deny 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 and hope that people will forget or you kind of just roll with the punches and adapt and that's what i feel like they're doing um obviously it's just a name like you would like to see more real changes but they have they have let people go obviously your boy that everybody hates is still running the show but um they've let some heads go and you know what's the head i even think like yeah, Overwatch has seen like some changes in leadership as well. Uh, Diablo has seen changes in leadership. Exactly, and yeah, they, and this wasn't the only game that in the article they said uh, World of Warcraft. Uh, there was something named after you know one of the uh, developers or whatever, and they they changed the name of that character as well. So you know, it's it's not just Overwatch. It's pretty much they're looking at all their games and the ways that they put certain names to like real life names within the games and. After if something surfaces and within that purpose person's past, you know, you got to scrub it. And so I think they're just right now they're doing some inventory and cleaning things up while they can before, you know, any more you know, allegations come out. And so I, I, for me, it makes total sense. It's, it's unfortunate that people are so upset about it, but you kind of got to go with it because the other option is just unacceptable. Let me ask you a question, AMC. What you got? Ask you a question. (laughs) Do you think that there will be some number of people who will now not update their Overwatch game in order to keep him McCree? (laughs) And just not play it at all? (laughs) Oh, yeah. You can't play it. Do you think there are people that stubborn? Yeah. I mean, I, I wouldn't be surprised there are people who are like, I'm done with Overwatch. This is this is the final straw. Again, this is been a bridge out, too far. Again, that's been out for almost 10 years. <laughs> this is it. Like, I can't play this game anymore. Never um, again. Yeah, never again. <laughs> I'm sure there are some people who are like butthurt over this, but I mean, if they're diehards, they're, they'll get past it. And, you know, oh, sorry. I can say, if anything, they're going to buy up all the, uh, what's it, all, all the merch. 
that has McCree, all the McCree merch, and they're gonna fucking hold on to that shit and then maybe sell it for for twice the profit to other scumbags. I I was thinking during the show right now whether or not I should order a a McCree statue. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, side note, (laughs) and I don't know how foolish this is gonna make me sound, but I just realized that the Overwatch logo is an O and a W. An O and a W? Yeah. Why, why? What's the uh, the relevance of that? Overwatch. Oh, oh! you're just saying, you just realized it's an O and a W in general. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I learned something new today. I'm sure, and I'm sure like somebody got paid like thousands upon thousands of dollars. <laughs> we, have to co- we have to communicate what this game is all about, this logo. Yeah. It's like a dub. <laughs> October 24th, 2021. Just figured it out. Yeah. And uh, all this time I thought uh, puppies laid eggs. <laughs> uh, let's, uh, let's keep it moving, A dub, into the next topic of, topic the, of week. the week. Top, topic of the week. More delay news. Yeah. <laughs> Get your pitchforks and your torches ready. Get your tar and your feathers nice and warm. Rip your pillows. <laughs> uh, rub your bags of cocaine like Don and Dragon Wilson. Oh my god, I have to find that movie. <laughs> my man is just under the pale moonlight shredding bags of cocaine shirtless. <laughs> not, not getting high off of all that cocaine that's falling back down on him. <laughs> what if that's how he does cocaine? Yeah. Ah. <laughs> Breathing it in one kilo cloud at a time. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, getting more powerful. Elden Ring. Yes. Delayed. Uh, February. God damn. Yeah. So many Got games little, coming out in February, Deb. Too many games. Like <laughs> this this alters my schedule because it was very fortunate that Elden Ring was coming out initially in January. Mm-hmm. However, with it moving to February now, I think I'm going to have to play and complete Horizon Forbidden West first. I, like, I don't know what this says about me as a Soulsborne fan, but... <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm realizing I, mean, I actually don't really like this game. Right? <laughs> yeah, I, I love Soulsborne games. I'm definitely going to be buying Elden Ring. I would like to buy it as soon as humanly possible. However, I'm a fan of more than one game. I'm a fan of more than one franchise. I'm a fan of more than one kind of game. I like to support new games, new IPs, new ideas. I also like to support the franchises that I know and love. I have the platinum for Horizon. I ain't got no platinums for no Souls games, nor Sekiro. And I'm never going to go for one because that shit is too hard. What I'm going to do, though, (laughs) is try to knock Bloodborne out of my backlog so that I have the justification to get a game like Elden Ring. And I'm going to play that shit to completion because your boy is all about it. So, you know, this news, it it kind of sucks. But again, it's moving from January to February. It's just moving back a month. It fucks up my purchase schedule. And unfortunately, I won't be supporting Elden Ring on day one. I made the tough choice. Boo fucking who. A lot of people are, you know, going the other way where they're going to buy Elden Ring instead of Horizon Forbidden West. Hey, it's your money. It's your time. Do what you got to do. AMC. Were you planning to get either of those games? 
No, <laughs> to be honest, not either one. Um, God damn it. <laughs> I never, I have a thing where if I don't beat a game, at least it's not a thing, but if I don't beat a game like its predecessor, then um, it's not a good sign for the follow up. And so the, the example would be uh, I played, uh, what was it, Metal Gear Solid? The last one was five. Um, yes. Yeah. And I played that for about, I want to say three hours before I stopped playing that game. And then so, yeah, uh, Death Stranding comes out. I didn't get that game just because of, you know, that taste that it left. And it wasn't because Metal Gear Solid 5 was a bad game. It's just for some reason I didn't connect with it. And so I jumped off. And then that impacted my purchase of Death Stranding. So with this, uh, Bloodborne, I never beat Bloodborne. I played that for a while, just stopped playing at some point. I'm not sure even how far I got into the game, but enjoyed it. But, you know, just fell off of it. Didn't get Sekiro, and with that, not a good sign for Elden Ring. And so, yeah, Elden Ring is one of those games that I'm kind of just Elden Ring and Horizon, just two games I'm I'm looking at from a distance. And if anything, with Elden Ring, since it's not, uh, I don't have to go back and play like you know, Elden Ring one before playing Elden Ring, since this is the first game in that series. Um, I can it'll be it's a little more enticing, and so I want to just hear about the game now once it once it drops. The problem with Horizon is. If I want to play Horizon 2, that means I need to go back and play the OG Horizon. And right now, I just haven't had that pool yet. And so both of those games are kind of just off to the side for me as of right now. And basically, I'd have to hear like a, a strong case as of I need to play this game, these games uh, in order for me to go and pick them up. And so, yeah, good word of mouth. A lot of positivity would definitely help out and go a long way for me. But yeah, neither one of those games really on my radar. If anything... I believe Sifu is supposed to come out around this time, and that's the game that is really on my radar for um, Q1, I'll say. Yes. Uh, well, this news doesn't come unassisted, unaided. What they also announced is that Elden Ring will get a closed network test from November 12th through 14th, and you can register to be a part of it now. However, it will be console only. So be aware. The official release date, well, the new official release date for Elden Ring is February 25th, 2022. So get your bodies ready. I know mine is, but, you know, not as ready as it is for Horizon Forbidden West. So, you know, take that as you want to take it. <laughs> Let's get into our next topic of the week. Top, topic, topic of the, of the week. week. Uh, we could get into this don't really have anything uh didn't take any notes so just a quick you know we just do a little discussion <laughs> this could have easily have been troll of the week but we got some trailers uh the the, the one that i would want to discuss first because it was just it was a lot to take in and that being uncharted <laughs> <laughs> tom tom holland's uncharted uh, tom holland and mark Wahlberg's uncharted as the great Cam T said, Mark Wahlberg, not, not happening. happening. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what, what, uh, what, were, what were your thoughts when you watch when when we watched this trailer? <laughs> first of all, to give the immortal DJ Trues his just due, <laughs> that line was authored and uttered way before we found out about Mark Wahlberg's checker past. <laughs> so, just letting y'all know, Cam T was up on game. <laughs> mm. Uh, insofar as how I feel about the trailer, I mean, they did everything right except for the casting, in my opinion. I'm okay. sure I'm sure it's probably going to be a fantastic movie. I just don't think that the people they cast were appropriate for the roles, even down to Chloe, which is like they got 
the aesthetic of her look right, but I, I, I think they could have, I think they could have done better on all fronts with the casting. You know, I'm, I'm sorry if anybody who's involved with the movie, you know, especially the stars themselves are hearing this and it, you know, hurts your feelings, hurts your heart. I enjoy all of you as talent. I enjoy Spider-Man, you know, Mark Wahlberg, as much as I'm not having it, the guy's still a good actor. And if I happen to have a movie on that he's in, I'm not going to turn it off because I'm not having it, but you know, I'll leave it on. I'll watch it. I want to see, what is that? Uh, I think he has a movie called Invincible or something. So I wonder yeah, he how definitely the, does. Yeah. I wonder how the, the legal is working out on that, but yeah, man, it, I, they don't fit the characters, especially Tom Holland. Like he could pass as a young Nathan Drake, but that should have been Nathan Fillion or some or some like no name actor who at least looks the part. They could have made these actors really look the part and really sell the film because based on the trailer, they're hitting the scenes from iconic moments within the games, like frame for frame, and it's. Fantastic to see them played side by side. But it's, it's it's like watching professional cosplay. And that's not what I signed up for. So who knows? I hope the movie's great. I hope they make the money back. I hope they make a profit. I hope it I hope it strikes a strong chord for the the quality of video game movies. I know we have a handful of things coming out. Like I'm hoping for good things from the Super Mario movie with Chris Pratt mm-hmm. and Ke- Keegan Michael Key mm-hmm. on your on your Taylor Joy. Sebastian Maniscalco. Sebastian Maniscalco. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I hope he's so Italian in that. <laughs> I really hope he gets a lot of a lot of voice acting time. But you know, it's yeah. I'm not going to disparage the cast of this movie <laughs> any more than I already have. I hope I hope it's good. I hope it works out, but it it just doesn't feel right <laughs> to me. <laughs> AFC, how do you feel? Ah, uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> this one could have been Troll of the Week. The problem is Troll of the Weeks. It's it doesn't work like other than like the few times, but it really doesn't work if we agree with all the trolls and mm-hmm. because then it just becomes a pile on and. That's what it would have been because yeah, I, I immediately was just like, what the fuck? And I am like the king of like, <laughs> like, you know, d- give it, give it a chance. <laughs> that, that's like, I usually like to say like when there's creators behind it, somebody, you know, they might get it right. But like, just from like, just watching it, like it, it just doesn't work for me. Like Tom Holland, Mark Wahlberg, Sully's supposed to be like this grizzled guy. And I know yeah. Mark Wahlberg is like older, but he just doesn't look fucking like old. <laughs> like that's the thing. Like he looks like he could pass for like somebody in his like like young forties or whatever, and he's probably like fifty. Who knows how old he is? Mm-hmm. But um, yeah, it's uh, it, that doesn't work. And then even more so, uh, Tom Holland. Like I just as I'm watching it, the thought I kept having was, it seems like you know when a kid's playing a video game and then they envision themselves as Nathan Drake. Yeah, that's what it looked like. It's like they're like, we want somebody who looks like a gamer but then playing as Nathan Drake and, uh, or at least like looks the demo. And uh, so it's, they got like a young Drake. Like I can't like, he, he's cut like, you know, he, he's cut, but like Drake is kind of like thick and you, you is swole. Yeah, like, he has that grown yeah. man density. He's like, he's, they could have got Chris Pratt to be yeah. Nathan Drake and it would have been fine. It would have made 
a lot more sense. And that's like the problem here is that like it's yeah, a lot of it is like Tom Holland gets away with being Tom Holland and Spider-Man because Spider-Man is fucking super powered. So he is this little skinny fuck who's also strong as an ox. Uh, mm-hmm. whereas like with Drake, yeah, he was like he was a solid dude, like uh, as a like, as a, a double saying he was he was thick with two C's. And so <laughs> yeah, like it's it doesn't it just from an aesthetic standpoint, like it just does not work for me seeing Tom Holland as Nathan Drake. And yeah. uh, I like, it's, it's weird. I'm hoping as you say, it just, they, you know, despite all the the criticism, it just turns out to be an incredible movie and justifies like sequels or whatever. But um, from, you know, from what I imagined to then seeing it, it's somehow, it's somehow worse <laughs> than like when I first heard that Tom Holland would be playing, you know, to be honest, I was even, I was becoming that dude. It's like, I don't even know if this movie is going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> it's paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, like, I almost feel like that happens a lot more with movies where like you, like you'll just hear actors attached to a movie and then it just doesn't come out. Yeah. Whereas a video games, when a video game is announced, like odds are it's coming out. Um, and so, yeah, like when after now seeing it, it's like, wow, it's happening. And this is what we're getting. It's real. Um, uh, and uh, I get like even seeing it, it, uh, it immediately was like, yeah, I don't know if I could even justify convincing Marissa to make a date night to go and like go to an actual movie theater and watch this movies. And I believe they made a point to saying only in theaters when it when it comes out, so you can't even look forward to it possibly like popping up on uh, on a streaming platform. So I know where I will not be. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Especially- and, and I hate I hate to say that, man. It mm-hmm. like what the hell are they doing with Nadine? What was that about? Yeah, is yeah. A lot of it was just like. It, it just wasn't working for me. It's not working for me, and I don't know if it is going to work for me. So, yeah, it was it was rough. It was rough. Um, yeah, even like because you think, and the other side of it too is because it's like you know it's there's a little humor to Uncharted, but yet the movie like kind of very much takes itself very seriously. Whereas like you know a lot of the criticisms behind was it Borderlands is it's still it's fucking borderlands like that movie yeah. is not going to take itself serious at all and so you can have kevin hart playing whoever and yada yada, yada. like all the criticisms <laughs> of it at the end of the day it's borderlands so you don't really take anything about borderlands serious it's uncharted, ridiculous by nature yeah uncharted is taking itself serious and so then when you see that and like you just see everything it's like oh like every line from mark walver just like i kind of cringed i gotta say <laughs> like, it just, i didn't even hear him uh-huh. Because I just couldn't get over how how much of a miscast Tom Holland is. It, yeah. I love Tom Holland when <laughs> yeah. he's properly cast, but it's it's like watching Spider Man pretend to be Nathan Drake, and where he's putting in these quips and these and these barbs and you know the the trash talk when it's Nathan Drake with that that deep Nolan North voice, it mm-hmm. comes off as like trash talk, it's cockiness, it's just like I got this. When it's Tom Holland doing it, it's it's just like smart ass, like just mouthing off like a, a bad kid in a class. Like it's it's a whole different tone and feeling. I I'm not feeling. It. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man, uh, you want to get into the next trailer that we watched? <laughs> next trailer of the week. Next trailer of the week. So this is a follow up to. Uh, another story um that we cover that being the the official 
confirmation announcement that was leaked and everybody had already assumed it was going to happen. That that being the uh, GTA trilogy remastered. Oh, I completely um, forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So we finally officially got a trailer. That was a lot of the criticism with the announcement was we just got an announcement, but we didn't see anything. And so we saw a trailer. We got to see all the uh, the graphical updates. Um, what, what were your thoughts when you saw, you know, was it uh, San Andreas and you saw Vice City and you saw, is it Los Santos? I have no idea what the, mm-hmm. the, the first place is. Um, when you saw all those games updated, but but still looking the same, but updated. I thought it was a nice step in the right direction for a remaster. However, I also feel that it wasn't enough to justify selling these games again. So it really, what the quality of the this remaster trilogy is going to come down to are the gameplay enhancements, which we've still yet to see or have quantified. Uh, but insofar as the visuals, it's nice to see the game get that, the games get that new layer of polish. However, at the same time, it, they still look like the same old games. I would have rather they had been remade rather than remastered based on what I was shown. How did you feel? Yeah, same thing. Um, I did like seeing, you know, the side-by-side or the the transition from from new to old. And it still looks very much like those games just polished. And maybe that's what you want. I know when they were initially announced, I think some of the – the uh, GTA games were taking off, taking off of the stores, like the PlayStation Store, and so people were like, "Oh, like why would they do that?" But these look to be like pretty much like dedic- like dedications to the original content. Um, I did write that down as well. Uh, gameplay enhancements with a with a question mark. That being that, I think that's going to be the big thing because I know that a lot of the uh, the criticisms with the the remasters is uh, that if you go and play the original games now, they just feel super dated from a gameplay perspective. And so to see some of those updates, I think that's what's going to maybe take it to that next level as opposed to like, you know, a re-release of the same game. So uh, I think that is the, um, that's the thing that everybody I feel is waiting for. I agree with you. I concur. I also think that we've been better off with just a, a, a remake, um, especially because I, I, I was never really too in, interested in going back and I never played GTA 3, as mentioned, or Vice City. And so a remake would have been a jumping on point for me as opposed to just going back and playing, you know, the old game as is. And so uh, that would have been more interesting to me as well. But I know I know the diehards and the game historians, they might actually, they might approve this despite all of their criticisms going into it. And so um, now... We just have to see what those those gameplay enhancements are, but it was nice seeing you know CJ, seeing Lamar, seeing all the all yes. the homies. Yes, <laughs> again. Yes. <laughs> you think that you think they're gonna leave in the uh, what was it that 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 Game Shark like sex sex scene that like you can only get with the uh, the Game Shark or whatever? I mean, if they want to avoid any more <laughs> legal trouble, I think they'll take that shit out. <laughs> well, I mean, they they already had to remove it from the code of the game because they had to recall all the copies that had that on the disc <laughs> and put out new copies of the game. Damn, I should have kept my original copy. Is that that, that was that the hot coffee? Yeah. 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 I got the goddamn. Oh yeah, but this, yeah. <laughs> Luke, Luke I'm, I'm all, very, about the, all about the hot coffee. I'm very much looking forward to seeing what people 
how people receive these games and seeing if anybody enjoys the new shit. The new old shit. The new old shit. <laughs> so yeah, good times. Uh, we got any more topics of the week? Top topics, topics of, of the, the week. week. Yeah, um, I don't have the date, but I know. Hold on, I know that there was a state of play announced. Yes, um, that's right. It returns next Wednesday, apparently. Where's October that? 27, October twenty seven, two p.m. Pacific. <laughs> Uh, you got any details on that? Or I, I have the article, so I can just pull up anything. I know that they mentioned. Oh yeah, what were you gonna say? It's gonna be twenty minutes long, mm-hmm. and it's going to be focused on upcoming third-party releases heading to PS5 and PS4. Uh, so don't uh, get your hopes up about <laughs> anything outside of those. Don't be on the message boards after the thing. Like, why didn't they show any VR titles? Are <laughs> all the Sony exclusives? Uh, why aren't they? Why aren't they giving shine to the indie games? Yeah. <laughs> Jim Ryan. <laughs> yeah. Don't don't get out there taking shit out of context. So yeah, uh, it's going to be interesting. Uh, people are speculating that we're going to see more Death Loop. <laughs> <laughs> Could have been troll of the week, but. I, I didn't think it was powerful enough. However, I'm looking forward to seeing whatever Sony has to show because whatever they have to show directly affects me as a gamer. And yeah, man, I want to see the future of gaming. Hopefully we see some new titles revealed. So that's always something to be hyped for, even though people naturally try to downplay the state of plays and talk about how they're going to skip it or just going to look at the highlights. Well, I like to see the shit live. I like to know what's happening the moment it's happening. AMC, how do you feel about this looming event? I think it's awesome. Uh, focus on third parties. Uh, any any type of uh, spotlight on games that I might not have been aware of. You know, you know the Sony exclusives are going to get you know that that marketing push behind them. Uh, so you're gonna you're gonna be aware of the exclusives, and so this is a good time to showcase games that might not have that same type of budget, or you know some other games that. You might see on other consoles, but here's a good time to to make a case for picking them up on the, the PlayStation Five or PS4 in this case as well. So yeah, I think it's um it's cool just because I could always I'm always looking to update my potential purchases. I now just keep a list of games that I want to buy, and the good thing with that is as I add a game, typically a game gets removed that I was on the fence for, and with this third party showcase, you know, I might get some some new games to add to that list. So that is definitely a good thing from my standpoint. And as you said, I'm sure there's going to be people who are going to shit all over this when they inevitably don't see what is it uh class of us rogue factions or whatever <laughs> or horizon uh horizon forbidden west um but yeah i think it's gonna be good 20 minutes that's just about as much time as you need for this type of showcase and now they just got to come with it um i mean that's a that's a lot of time to lay out that new hotness yeah exactly it's plenty of time the last the last thing i would have is uh Forza Horizon 5 has gone gold A-dub, so you can look forward to that. Uh, Oh, yes, it's available for preload. Yeah, so this coming by way of, you know, the Forza team, Forza fans, we've reached an important milestone on the road to Forza Horizon 5. We've gone gold. That means the game is now off for pressing for retail discs and final setup 
for digital release, which A-Dub was just alluded to. A-Dub will be uh, getting Forza on November 5th, 2021. Uh, oh, it's the 5th? I thought it was the 9th. Uh, according to this, November 5th. Holy shit. Let me double confirm that. Yeah, according oh, to this, uh, November 5th. <laughs> Damn, I, I gotta confirm it myself real quick. <laughs> November 5th. Oh, no. Wait, so it says. Okay, no, it says. So, from what I'm reading here, Forza Horizon 5 Premium Edition will get early access to the game and be able to jump in on November 5th. So, maybe that's uh, the early access. Okay. Okay, so then the general release is probably on the 9th. Yeah, there we go. Oh, whatever. When. Which edition is on the fifth? I mean, we we should be much more on top of this information <laughs> considering yeah, the, the nature of what we're doing here. <laughs> Forza, the the premium edition gives you early access, so whatever that is. See, but I wouldn't even want early access, even though I would buy. I'm probably going to buy the premium edition because I want to just have all the content locked up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm good. Oh shit. Yeah, fuck early access. Uh, <laughs> you think about upgrading? Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm I'm gonna get the premium edition. It's just I don't Need I don't have any desire to play it in, in early access. And also, it's I being a grown ass man and managing my budget. I don't want to have that expense on my October statement. <laughs> I want to save that for my November credit card statement. Yes. So yeah, I'm definitely gonna wait until my statement closes on the seventh so that I can purchase the game probably. On the eighth, get my preload, and then on the ninth, it goes down. Goes down like oh, this. Oh, uh, can't wait to hop in my Lamborghini, put Barkley on my license plate, and just roast everyone in that entire region. <laughs> oh my! All, God. all of Mexico. All of Mexico is <laughs> going to be eating my dust. <laughs> I, I, I might even endeavor to play the game on a slightly higher difficulty than I've been playing Forza Horizon 4. I think I'm on I think I'm on expert in Forza Horizon 4 and I think there's like two more difficulties above that so I think I'm going to go one up. For 5, I really wanted to be a nail biter cuz in Forza Horizon 4, I just I didn't mention this in what you've been playing but uh the past couple of days up been dabbling in a little Forza Horizon 4 as the anticipation for 5 grows and I'm just demolishing these races like I'm winning by several seconds I'm like damn your boy took a little time off got my got my driving legs back <laughs> got my got my feet that's right shout out to I don't even know his name anymore I think it's Timothy Bradley <laughs> Timothy Bradley, I'm sorry, the Desert Storm, I'm sorry, no disrespect because it's one of my favorite boxers and one of my <laughs> favorite people, <laughs> he's awesome, yeah. but um, yeah, man, Forza Horizon 5, so hype, playing Forza Horizon 4, and like looking at it, playing it on the Series X on my 1080p plasma TV, it's like, this shit looks real already, so it's it's hard to imagine how much more of an improvement Forza Horizon 5 is going to be, even having seen it in the gameplay, the gameplay, like a uh, info blast, as well as the digital foundry analysis. Normally, I don't watch those because I don't really give a shit. Where like, it, it drops a couple frames here and it has the volumetric lighting, and, like you know, that's nice. I can see it; it's fine and it, it looks good to me. But I, I watched it because I I wanted to get an 
even greater glimpse into the the technology and the wizardry that Playground is pulling off in order to make Forza Horizon 5 a reality. So yeah, man, this shit is going to be my race in life. I'm, I'm a little worried about Gran Turismo. <laughs> I'm a little worried because Forza is just scratching that itch. I don't think I'm going to have space on my back for another hand if you catch my drift. So I don't know what's going on. I don't know. Eh, I'm talking shit. There's always room in my life for more racing games as long as they're of the utmost quality. So Gran Turismo, it's just going to be a matter of which one is more fun to play. I imagine that since Gran Turismo, Gran Turismo has more of the mechanical side of a driving game that I appreciate insofar as the economy, earning money, racing to to build up your purse, to buy that car, to enter this race, to win that race, to tune that car, to make more money, to buy another car, to win a car. In, in Horizon, like I appreciate the way that it's set up, but at the same time, I feel like they give you cars just way too easily. You don't really value them. I know it's all about a celebration of the automobile as well as just having that, that wide garage of cars, but I don't feel like I actually hand chose that garage i just feel like i have a bunch of cars that i don't give a shit about and within that are a few that i love like i i drive nothing but my my lamborghini huracan all the time primarily because i'm an all-wheel drive beast i will eat your ass in the corners so don't race me <laughs> slow down <laughs> no you can't chase me i move too fast on the dash don't race me slow down don't don't slow down don't such a classic <laughs> what that better be in a game like that should forever be on the soundtrack of all racing games on all radio stations but that's just my opinion yeah uh sorry for gushing so much about forza horizon 5 <laughs> but i just i'm so excited yeah that's gonna be awesome I can't wait to to see some of that footage, but uh, oh, that's you all. I see all of that footage. Yeah, that's uh, that's all I got. You have any any other stories? Uh, quick hits. We got a reveal trailer for Darkest Dungeon Two. Oh yes, we what? Did. <laughs> yeah, yes, we did. With quite honestly, one of the most impressive glow ups for a sequel that I've ever seen. I mean, this game went from being entirely flat and two dimensional to getting a three D treatment that's still true to its 2D aesthetic. And I'm very excited to eventually get my hands on that to the point that I will be jumping back into Darkest Dungeon to hopefully complete it before Darkest Dungeon 2 comes out. It'll be going into early access. I don't believe that there's a, ah, early access is on October 26th. So that's this coming Tuesday, a day before Sony's State of Play on Wednesday. And that's through Epic Games. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But that's happening, so people are going to be playing Darkest Dungeon 2, providing their impressions. I'm looking forward to hearing all of it. Hit us up at My Control Issues on the Twitter. Let us know how you're enjoying the game. Got another quick hit for you. We got a new Starfield trailer. So it's getting that slow trickle. <laughs> we started to see it. I mean, we've seen pretty much everything about this game except for the raw gameplay itself. And I'm not mad about that. When I when Bethesda shows it, they're more than likely going to show us a 
a massive helping of it, like those good old fashioned American sized portions on an oversized plate. So I'm ready to scrape that bad boy clean when they show it to us. But in the meantime, we got a little more information about Constellation, which is the, the organization that you work for in Starfield. Uh, we got a little more information about the, the, I don't even know what it's called. I'm just so taken aback by all the information that we were shown. But reading here from IGN, written by Matt Perslow, it says, in Starfield, your character will be a new member of the Constellation, which is a faction with the aim of uncovering the mysteries of the galaxy. The area of space that you'll be exploring is known as the Settled Systems and starts with our own solar system, expanding outwards by around 50 light years into the Milky Way to another star system. So yes, uh, the game takes place in 2330, and a key part of its lore appears to be the Colony War, which is a bitter conflict that waged 20 years prior between two key factions, the United Colonies, as well as the Free Star Collective. Uh, the major factions currently enjoy an uneasy peace, but it seems likely your interference in their affairs could shake those loose foundations. AMC, how does this information affect you? I love it. I love the the whole lore that they're setting up. A lot of these games, you kind of go in and you get that reveal and everything is, it's, it's all a lot to take in. And so already being able to, you know, put things in their place from a narrative perspective allows you to really appreciate the gameplay once you finally see all of that. Um, and so I, I'm enjoying all these, these little tidbits that they're releasing as far as the setup in the background and the environments and things along those lines. Because then once I go in there and I know motherfuckers are just mad at me for no reason or that I'm, yeah. I'm as you as you mentioned, I'm I'm shaking things up and shaking the fabric of this, <laughs> which seems like you're a, a disruptor in some ways, which I guess that's every game, but in a bad way, because if they're a, they have peace and then suddenly you show up and that peace is now um somehow being broken up, uh it'll be interesting to understand who are the uh the factors in play that are maybe benefiting from this piece and maybe a, a not so i guess positive way so yeah i i want to see more of this I'm, I'm glad that they're laying this all out because i am i am somewhat expecting this game to be an epic um they've done that they've done that very well with their their sky or their elder scrolls games you jump in there and races don't like each other um yeah. certain groups are in power or other groups are not um dark elves high elves are, are hating on each other red guard they all don't give a shit about you <laughs> yeah um and so yeah all of that goes into their games and i like that they're giving us you know some of that insight into all this lore that they've built up to now take place in this in this uh in this epic that they plan to release for us so um yeah i i'm enjoying it keep it keep them coming and eventually hopefully we get an awesome gameplay reveal yeah to go a little bit further the trailer name checks the ecliptic mercenaries the pirates of the crimson fleet and a religious cult known as house varun and these are among the factions that you'll be interacting with probably antagonizing, probably being antagonized by <laughs> as you're playing the game. So prepare your bodies. Starfield is coming November 11, 2022, exclusively to Xbox Series X, S, and PC. And PC, uh, 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 Why do I buy my <laughs> Xbox? Day one on Game Pass. Uh. <laughs> 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 uh, 
man. Do I have any other quick hits? No, I think that's all I got. AMC, you got anything left for the for the players at home? Nah, I have nothing else. Do you have any final words before we get out of here? Uh, great time to be a gamer. We're slowly closing in on 2022. You know mm. that January, we had a little glimmer of hope of getting something right out the gate, but it got moved to February, which is already hyper dense with just amazing games. So it just got a little denser. I hope people don't turn this into a pissing match and instead turn it into a collaborative celebration. If Animal Crossing, New Horizons, and Doom Eternal can launch on the same day and have a, a massive celebration between the two fan bases to the point that Doom Slayer became a me character in Smash Brothers Ultimate, officially uniting him and Isabel in a single game, then I think that we can come together over Horizon in Elden Ring. This is Control Issues. I'm the AMC. And this Control Issues. Thanks for Sucker.